This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. Good morning, everybody. You're listening to Open for Business here on BFM 89.9, The Business Station. I'm Lily Chai. Well, it is commonly known that the MICE industry, which is the meetings, incentives, conferences and exhibitions industry, as well as the business event industry, to be one of the lucrative businesses in the market. But it is also the industry that was impacted severely by the pandemic. So Evanesis is a software as a service technology that provides event management solutions for event planners through the software. And this business started back in 2010. It has been almost 13 years now in operations. Uh, its CEO and founder of Evanesis, Yusno Yunos, is here in the studio with me to talk about his event solution software and how they weathered through the pandemic. Welcome to the show, Yusno. Thank uh, you, Lily. Tell me, uh, congratulations on being able to weather through the very difficult time. It, it, it was, I guess, uh, wasn't easy at all for your industry. But before that, you know, tell us a little bit about who you are and what Advanesis does. Sure. Thank you, Lily, for having me here. Uh, good morning, everyone. Uh, so my name is Yusno, as mentioned earlier, and I'm the CEO and founder of Advanesis. As you highlighted, uh, we are close to 13 years now. And what we do, to be exact, is we are very passionate technologists, meaning at core, at heart, we are passionate software developers. Mm. We do a lot of mobile, web apps, uh, specifically in this industry that you mentioned, which is MICE, or better known as business events industry. So, Evanesis has come a long way from our inception back in 2010. Mm. Um, at that point in time, um, we were serving events in general, uh, and then we pivoted to MICE business events, offering services from the range of registration, email marketing, database management. Those are the things you do pre-event. Mm. Um, and then we also have solutions to cover on-site or on-the-day events, including on-site batch printing, on-site check-in, engagement, live engagement, Q&A, polling, and as well, post-events, which covers analytics, data, reports, uh, surveys, etc. So those are the things that we are very good at, I would say, in the business events industry. Right. Uh, You have a very interesting inception story. I heard uh, it was inspired by, you know, your management issue with your wedding ceremony. So tell us a little bit about that. Sure. Well, um, I mean, we got married three years before the company was uh, incepted. I think it was in 2007 when we were planning for our wedding and we were having a lot of challenges, especially managing RSVPs, bookings, right? And those days we were still using paper and pens, right? I think some of us are still Still doing doing that, right? (laughs) So um, being a software developer, I was able to build something simple. Uh, on the side while I was still working and we right after we got married we decided to pursue this idea uh, make it a complete better system improve it and submit it as part of our pitch for a grant right so we managed to get that in 2010 early 2010 and that was the beginning of Evanesis to help 
wedding organizers or people who are going or to get married. Mm-hmm. So that solution was the start of it. I guess if you can plan a wedding, you can technically plan, plan everything. In a way, yes. <laughs> but uh, from what I'm gathering now, uh, you you started this company with your wife? Yes, yes, I did. Oh, oh she's still uh, in operations? No, she's not. Oh. She is a shareholder. Uh, right. But she is not actively involved right. in the company. Okay, so just to clarify again, you don't plan events, but with your software, you're trying to assist with attendance, analytics, and event data management, right? So what kind of convenience are you trying to offer to you know event planners and organizers out there? And without your software, how differently will they do things? You're right. We don't plan or organize events. We don't even have a plan to be in that space. We are focused, very much focused on digitalizing the business events industry. So when we first started, it's all about making things easier without your papers. So it's paperless or paperless. So this is where we start making them to understand that it is so important to change the way you operate because you are able not just to save cost, but you are able to to create better event experiences. Mm-hmm. So actually that is our slogan right now. So if you look at our company website, our name cards, we always have that better event experiences because technology, I mean, you can find technology everywhere nowadays, but to give our clients a much better experiences, you need the right technology not just the most expensive or the most or the latest one, but the right one to fit their requirements so that they can, number one, engage people, audiences, stakeholders during the event and create or curate more personalized events. Mm. These two components are very important to create better event experiences. So this is basically what we have always been believing in. Solutions that we developed pre-pandemic, during pandemic, and even post-pandemic are meant to solve these problems where event organizers are having so much trouble, challenges in terms of satisfying the audiences, the delegates, the speakers, managing uh, the ins and outs, traveling, booking, right? So if we are able to do that in a platform and giving them as a service, Mm. that would make their lives easier. The resources that they have who used to do that manually can now be deployed in other areas, creative side of the events, right? Mm. The ones that don't require automation. So this is where we come in and say, leave the automation part to software. Mm. Right. And in the sense that will better the experience because the manpower can be focused on something else. Exactly. Oh, right. Okay, you were talking about the pandemic, and uh, I guess there are a lot of ups and downs along the years, especially the past three years, I would say. Um, And many events have moved to uh, virtual events, and including yourself. So you have solutions for both physical and virtual events. Now, for the virtual side of things, were they created because of the pandemic, or you have already had plans before that? Well, we have been using a lot of virtual products not developed by us before pandemic, mainly to communicate with our partners uh, overseas, right? But then again, as you know, our industry is not an industry that is easily receptive to new technologies. So even if you were to actually create that virtual product before pandemic, I I don't think it will fly off, right? So the pandemic is a blessing in disguise Mm. because I believe 
that adoption has been expedited tremendously without any effort in a way because all of the event organizers they were uh, hit by this pandemic either the events are cancelled postponed and what they had to do mm. was to move online right so because of the demand you see we always go where the demand is right so because of the demand at the beginning of the pandemic was so high because people need to communicate they still need to run uh, to spread information about their events so we were then had to in a way pivot mm. because a lot of our solutions are meant for physical events and when the demand is there we quickly had to deploy our team and create this new product called virtual events platform and how long did it take for you to you know complete that product well, the MVP, because as a technology company, we always start with a minimum viable product. It took us about six weeks to get the first MVP out. Right. And then I think it went actually, the first full version of it actually came out about two months later. Mm. So I think it was quite quick in, uh, yeah. on, on our end as well, because mm. we, we understood the process. We understood all the components required and quickly deploy and test it on the ground. Mm. Uh, so were you profitable in any way during the pandemic because of this new addition to your solution? Very good question. I think we were as impacted as any other companies out there during the pandemic, especially the first year. Uh, we, I would say we had zero revenues uh, for the first quarter, the first three months. Yeah, when the pandemic hit and we used that time to actually build new things, mm -hmm. right? Uh, we recovered slowly, not quickly, even though the demand is there. I tell you why. Simply because the virtual products at that point in time, I think you've heard of Gym Meet, you've heard of yeah. Zoom, right? Mm. They were, I mean, you can get it at a very, very affordable cost, mm. right? So even though the volume is there, the margin is lower, right? right? As opposed to what we have done pre-pandemic. Because you have to be, your, your price point has to be competitive. Exactly. Right? Exactly. So our clients would just say, why would you want to go with you as opposed to doing it with Zoom? Yeah. Right. So we have to create our own unique value proposition, right? It's not, we, we are not competing with Zoom. We are a platform and our platform can do more than just streaming, mm. right? You can engage, you can do virtual networking, you can actually look at the list of agendas, go in and out, ask questions. So there are many more things that the organizers, clients need to understand. So in terms of profitability, I would say we are not at the losing end. Uh, we're still profitable, but not as much as pre-pandemic. Yes. Right. Uh, okay. I, I have, I want to explore, you know, more on, you know, what happened during the pandemic as well as a few uh, initiatives that you have put out there to achieve in the near future. But it's time for us to take a short break, but don't go anywhere. I'm here with Yusno Yunus, who is the founder of Evanesis, a software as a service technology that provides event management solutions for event planners. Stay tuned, BFM 89.9. Being first matters. BFM 89.9. Welcome back. 
are listening to Open for Business here on BFM 89.9, the business station. I'm Lily Chai. I'm in the studio with uh, the CEO and the founder of Evanesis, Yusno Yunus, to talk about their product, which is a software as a service technology that provides event management solutions for event planners. Before the break, we were talking about how he weathered through the pandemic and uh, as well as his, in, a very interesting inception story. But... Um, I want to uh, explore on, you know, the topic of are virtual events still a thing now? Is it still popular post, I would say, quote unquote, post pandemic? <laughs> Good question. I think uh, the straight answer to that based on the data that we have, uh, it is declining. Of course, with the reopening of borders, uh, reopening of events. So, I mean, you are seeing a lot more physical events. Yeah. I think organizers are having this pent up, I would say, demand to because they, they had to wait, right, for two years. And it doesn't make sense that when everything is open, you still want to quickly stay with virtual. You want to just use whatever that you have to, to do physical events. Mm. I think you can see that in a lot of events week in, week out since the reopening. So the numbers are showing it is in decline this year. But what I see is going to be the trend in the next coming years. Um, I would see a lot more event organizers uh, are going to be organizing hybrid events, a mixture of physical, face-to-face mm-hmm. and virtual events because they do understand the benefit of virtual events. And this is where they could actually increase the number of attendees without the need for people to travel. So this is just another uh, area, another tool to uh, attract more delegates mm. for your events. Uh, and in a way, even though if you're charging them a much lesser fee than the original cost of attending it physically, I think you would gain more um, as a whole, mm. right? So if organizers are willing to look at the benefits of being more inclusive, looking at people with different time zones, right? Uh, offering this globally, right? And then looking at contents as a way to to be monetized. Right. So I think hybrid is the way to go. You do have a hybrid event solution as well. Yes, I think we've started offering it this year. Right. Do you see an increase uh, in in the demand? I would say we do have. The demand is not as many or as much as physical events this year. Mm. I think that as as what I was sharing earlier, everybody would want to go physical because they have the budget, they have the the demand and they have to spend it this year. And I think the audience as well. We as people who yes. have been uh, right we have spent enough time in front of the computer I would say right I think all of us we would like to go somewhere and meet people in person right I, I think that that's what events is all about yeah exactly right? it's all about meeting it's all about connecting our connection mm-hmm. uh, engage engaging and then these are the things that were missing in virtual platforms exactly. I think that, that that was the biggest challenge that all event technology provider were facing during pandemic mm-hmm. to create a platform that is engaging enough because eventually people will just switch off. Yeah. They exactly. will do other things, right? Yeah. While if you don't turn on the camera, you can just leave it in the background, like background noise. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. 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 Um, but, you know, uh, physical events, right, they are increasing. But what are, you know, some of the biggest changes you would say over the past 13 years that you have made uh, for the solution besides, you know, um, managing their attendance, uh, giving analytics? Like what are the biggest changes? I would say the biggest changes 
in physical events, right? If that is what you're asking, is the willingness mm. now to try new technology, right? So if you're talking about uh, hologram, you're talking about mobile apps, you're talking about even uh, metaverse, those kind of things. So organizers are willing to listen and look at the potential, right? So this is a good sign, right? Because I have to share with you that the first five years when we, we started were the challenges, the, the biggest challenge that we had was during those first five years right. in terms of educating the market because it was really slow. We had to sponsor a lot of events. We had to go on the ground and tell them that, yep, you need to change the way you operate, deploy this, show them hand, how, how to do it uh, hands on, you see. So I would say it is a good change and um, I, I'm excited to see the growth of this industry in the coming years. Right. Okay, uh, something interesting that uh, you're dedicating, which is uh, you're dedicating to events to net zero carbon initiatives by ensuring that events are hosted environmentally friendly standards. How are you able to ensure that especially, you know, you're not an event company. There are so many things that are out of your control, right, uh, for an event. How are you planning to achieve that? All right, let me start with our company's mission uh, this year in 2022 when we first entered the year all of us in the company were committed to ensure whatever that we do it has to contribute towards net zero carbon events initiative this initiative was launched in the UK late last year and we were one of the earliest supporters right so what it says is you can't really achieve net zero right now, carbon, net zero carbon. But over time, especially if we were to hit 2050, all events should be net zero carbon. Mm. All right. How can we do that together? I think um, we alone can't change much, right? But if we start somewhere, I think the impact can definitely be seen. Now, as an event tech company, by default, Right, everything should be paperless mm. or paperless. So that component itself, in a way, supports the green initiative. But we we have to go beyond that. You see, so in events, the supply chain is endless, and I think you know that seventy percent of the carbon emission is coming from traveling, right? And it, it's not easy, right? Because we have to travel to events unless you do virtual events, mm. <laughs> right? So this is where having the hybrid component, in a way, will help. Right. If you understand the demographics of your attendees, right? So what we have done this year is we took a step back and we told ourselves, what can we do to ensure the awareness is there? Because the first part is always about awareness, then only take action. Mm. <laughs> you can't really tell people, do do it now. See? <laughs> if they don't care, they wouldn't do it. Exactly, exactly. And it is not easy because this is not a sexy topic. Yeah. <laughs> right? This is a boring topic, right? Because you're talking about climate change, you're talking right. about carbon, something that you can't see, right? Emission, the calculation, those kind of things. So what can we do this year to help event organizers and event attendees understand how much carbon they are emitting. That's the first step. And technology can do that because technology is in front on their mobile phone at the tip of their fingers. So imagine this, if you are registering for an event, if you are going to attend an event that is hosted on our platform, let's say in Japan, 
right, in 2023. So once you have registered, you'll receive another email or notification encouraging you to actually share where you'll be traveling from. Right. right. Because of that data that we have, we were able to do a projection of how much carbon emission you will emit if you were to travel to that particular event. So once we have all of this data and we present it to the event organizers, they would now be able to see, wow, that will be the numbers of tons of CO2 that will be emitted if we are allowing people to travel, if we are just accepting that without having this hybrid component or whatever other initiatives. So once you get the awareness in front of their face, right, that's where things will start to happen. Because right now, if you're just saying that, hey, you have to remove this part, right? Go with companies who are sustainable, right? Go with venues that are uh, ISO certified sustainability. It's not that easy because you don't see the numbers. So as a technology company with data, we can give numbers. And once the numbers is there, what you can do next, where we have a lot of things in in our pipeline as well, is to create a marketplace. Mm -hmm. So imagine if you have a marketplace to offset your carbon or inset it either way throughout the supply chain, you can do carbon credits, you can contribute to green projects, reforestation, right? So if you're able to do that in a marketplace within Evanesis, then it is a much easier way for attendees or event organizers to do that insetting or offsetting of carbon. So that's where we see event technology can come in and play a bigger role in educating and ensuring that we were able to achieve net zero carbon events, hopefully by the year mentioned. By collecting data from where the Collecting and showing that because Mm. you need to produce that numbers. All right. Uh, I still want to explore more things with you, especially uh, a Metaverse offering that uh, you have in mind. Uh, But it's time for us to take a short break for some messages, but don't go anywhere. I'm here with CEO and founder of Evanesis, Yusno Yunus. He is here in the studio with me today to talk about his event solution software. Keep it here, BFM 89.9. Become fabulous millionaires. BFM. 89.9 Welcome back. This is Open for Business here on BFM 89.9, the business station. I'm Lily Chai. I'm here in the studio with CEO and founder of Evanesis, Yusno Yunus. Uh, He is here to explain, you know, his software as a service technology that provides event management solutions through uh, their software. Uh, before the break, we were talking about, you know, achieving net zero carbon initiatives and how you are able to do that. Uh, speaking of reaching to people, for the past 13 years, you have supported the mice and business events industry in almost on over 10,000 events and uh, serving more than 150 countries and event organizers and businesses in six countries. How were you able to reach so many places? The power of collaboration, right? Mm. So if you do it alone, I don't think you would have achieved that numbers. So we realized early on that we need to partner up with bigger players, uh, bigger event organizers. And throughout the years, we have had a number of partners in countries such as Singapore, Indonesia, Australia, Hong Kong, Uh, and most recently in Dubai and India. So with all of these partners, you are able to do more events (laughs) with more attendees globally, right? 
And in fact, this year we have consolidated our partnership program. And this is what we reintroduced as an Evanesis Certified Partner Program or ECPP. So with this certification, basically our partners can carry basically whatever services that we've had and they've been certified to actually run uh, our platform and services. So in a way, it increases our reach faster globally and we encourage any partners, whether it is an event organizers, event suppliers who believe in our mission as well to, to be part of this. And the certification process is not that hard. We just want to make sure you are able to replicate the level of services that we have been able to provide to our customers. Because like I mentioned earlier, technologies is the core. But if you are not able to service your clients in the right way, especially in events, they will definitely choose a different provider. Mm. So we take pride of the services that we have provided. So we have a dedicated customer experience team who would go on the ground, who would continuously get feedback so that we can always improve our solutions uh, so that we can forever improve, you see, and ensure our clients is at the heart of what we do. Mm -hmm. So, yes, the, the simple answer to that is collaboration. And the word that I've always been using since, I do not know, the early times of Evanesis is grow collaboration. This is the combination of growing with collaboration. Right. That is really impactful. <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh, how about, let's talk about your finances then, you know. What is the range of fees for your solution and how do you charge your clients? Because uh, on your website, it's uh, on quotation basis, right? Right. We have actually recently changed that. So for uh, our listeners today, uh, we have recently launched a free program. So uh, just like any other freemium solution out there. So for those of you who are thinking of running an event that is less than 100 packs, feel free to just sign up and use it for free. So not an issue. And of course, after that, we will be looking at either a monthly subscription. So it can start at a price around $500 a month. Mm. Um, but the ceiling is not set. <laughs> <laughs> Why I'm saying that is as simple as we do have a lot of enterprise clients. So these are our long-time big clients mm. we have been using us on an annual subscription because they do events regularly, trainings. So you're, you're looking at 10, 15 events in a month. So it doesn't make sense for them to actually engage us on a per event basis. So with these clients, we do have a special package. Uh, so clients who are worthy to mention like Maida, Matrade, PIDM, GLCs, right? These are the guys who are running their solutions on, on our platform. Mm. So but yeah, that, that's the range of our services. I'm, I'm very curious, uh, why did you choose to provide a free service, you know, to use your software for free when you could just monetize that? Well, I think for smaller organizers who are just about to start, right? Because we had a lot of experiences before when we are getting a lot of inquiries. It's just that when we started to quote them, they were not able to because of the nature where they are at. Mm. And I think it is being where we are right now. I think we are in a position where we are able to support um, smaller or even organizers to ensure they are more automated instead of trying to rely 
on other free services out there. They are not completely integrated. So now we have something made in Malaysia, right? So we have to support our own local technology as well. So if I if we have more subscribers, we have more users, it is much easier for us to also scale and get right. more number of events being produced on our platform. Instead of them going to your competitors. Exactly. <laughs> okay, um, speaking of which, your growth has become very significant for you because you have recently acquired a company. Yes. Uh, it's called Taxi, Sindiran Berhad, which is a Malaysian tech startup that specializes in also Integ- fully integrated online and offline events. So this is your first acquisition, right? Correct. Why did you choose to acquire a company at this stage? And why Taxi? Good question. Let me start with how we met early this year um, because we were arranged to meet by a friend who saw the potential of us collaborating. Again, the power of collaboration, you see, because we realized that we are in the industry where there are so many competitors. Everyone is trying to do some sort of like similar solutions. So the three of us at that point in time sat down and looked at our strengths and weaknesses. And over the course of four or five months, we noticed that we are not overlapping in terms of our strengths so we can complement each other and why we are interested to eventually acquire this company called Taxi was due to their talents uh, in the company and also their market access where they are now in few countries where they are very focused on this trade shows industry or B2B exhibitions, expos. So by having them on board, we are able to access this market directly faster at a much faster rate. And I think we could expand to countries that would take us years to get into. So that is the few reasons why Mm. we actually decided to come together uh, and merge. Right. Are you looking to acquire more companies in the future? I mean, the option is always on the table if we see the right synergy. It's always about that. I think we would need to look at how we can serve our clients better. Mm. So the acquisition reason must be towards whatever that we believe in, having a company that believe in the vision, the mission, and also the sustainability agenda as well. Mm. So we are on the lookout, definitely. Yeah, so yeah, I would say that much for now. All right. So lastly, uh, so before the show, I heard that you you have plans for, you know, incorporating metaverse into event experiences. How are you planning to do that? And do you think that this is, a, you know, a necessary option to have in events? It is. I foresee future where metaverse is a norm, mm-hmm. right? Uh, when it is going to happen, it's not going to be that soon. All right. But if I were to share a few of the things that we did during the pandemic where we had a lot of virtual events, few of the virtual events are already, I would say, at the beginning of Metaverse. Because once you have a virtual event, especially if it is done in 3D, right, and then you incorporate some of the gamification elements, right? right? So it's already in a way what people would call or coin Metaverse nowadays, mm-hmm. la, even though we, we are not there yet. Um, I'm very passionate in Metaverse 
because I believe this is something that is not new to the new generation, <laughs> to the Gen Z, millennials. Right. I mean, our children are so used to playing with Roblox, right? right? Even sandbox, decentralized. Yeah, yeah, I would say they are very comfortable with the virtual world, right? Exactly. Yeah. So this is not new. So how are you going to capture this new audience if you are not into it yet? So as I mentioned, this is a time to educate, to make people aware. And if we don't start looking into that, then the industry will definitely be left behind. Of course, I've been getting a lot of, I uh, would say, uh, arguments into that metaverse is not sustainable. It is very hard to engage people as can be seen in virtual events. Uh, but I think the strategy has to be very different. Because you have to look at metaverse as an ongoing solution rather than a one-off. Because right. if you are building an event as a one-off and you are incorporating metaverse just for that event, it, it's going to be very hard to sustain. Right? The ROI is not going to be there at this point in time. So this is where we need to look at other metaverses platforms and how we can interconnect Right? Because you need gamification element, you need the education element, a live streaming, a lot of things to happen to make you come back right, mm. to that world. Yeah? <laughs> Rather than only during the event period, which will happen between two to three days. Mm-hmm. Right? So a lot of thoughts need to be put into metaverse for events. But on the side, if you were to combine that with the hospitality segment, because events will always be part of tourism. Right. right, Because when you have business events, people will not travel just for events. They will do other things. Yes. Right. They will go for a post tour. Yep. Spend money. Right. So it will generate economy. So if you try to incorporate the tourism element, events element, hospitality element into metaverse, then this would be something that is going to be really useful for the attendees, for the event organizers. You're creating a new economy. So this is where we see technology can play a role. Metaverse can play a role in the development of events, tourism, and in the hospitality sector. All right. Any, you know, future plans that you, you can announce to the, the nation? <laughs> <laughs> well, we actually have quite a number of uh, major releases on our platform in 2023. But I think a lot of things have been mentioned today mm-hmm. in terms of uh, metaverse, uh, net zero carbon events. So all of the things that we have put in place will be continued, will be enhanced. Um, and hopefully we will be able to do more events in Southeast Asia. So we have gotten actually few interesting projects in Thailand and Philippines. Right. So that, that's all I can say for now. We will look out. We'll be watching that space, I guess. Sure, sure. <laughs> Thank you so much for spending time with me. Most yes, welcome, Lily. Uh, if people want to find you, where can they get you, get hold of you? Um, if you are looking for Evanesis, uh, just go to our website. It is spelled as E-V-E-N-E-S-I-S dot com, com. And if you want to connect with me directly, <laughs> you can simply find me on LinkedIn. All right. Just search for you, Snow. All right. Uh, if you miss any part of this show, of course, you can go ahead on our website uh, at bfm.my or the BFM app that is available on the Apple App Store and Google Play to download the full conversation. I'm Lily Chai and this has been Open for Business here on BFM 89.9.
have been listening to a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. For more stories of the same kind, download the BFM app. 